0: Welcome to the News Nest. Hi, Owlies. This is Sparrow. Welcome to the News Nest. Today marks the fourth month since the show has started. And um, you guys don't know this, but when I started this show, I gave myself four months. Um, I started it in December, and I told myself that if at the end of March it still seemed like it was a good idea, the show was going well, everyone was receiving it well, and um, I could work the time commitment out, um, then that would be my cue to go ahead and commit 100%. Um, So we've made it to the fourth month now, and I really feel like the show has worked wonderfully and so far it seems everyone really likes it. I really enjoy doing it so um, that's it. I've made my decision. Um, So over the next month you will probably be hearing some changes. I'm going to be getting some new recording equipment, some better recording equipment, probably some better software and um, I might be changing up the way the show is organized and the way it's presented all in an effort to make the show as best as it can possibly be. Um now that we're on iTunes, I'm I'm always nervous about being on iTunes because I'm afraid if someone comes across us in iTunes randomly and has never heard of Tiny on knits before, I'm I'm always so scared that th- that Stephanie might lose customers based on the way I sound. So um <laughs> that's I'm I'm trying to my best to make the show sound professional and well put together so um, just be aware that over the next month I'm going to be changing some things trying some new things and um, I'll walk you through all of it I promise and uh, today I want to go ahead and jump into all of the winners from this last week so this last week in the FPF thread um, we actually ended up having a free pattern Thursday as well as free pattern Friday so on free pattern Thursday the winner was Phoebe Bird Congratulations, Phoebe Bird. And on Friday, the winner was, I think you pronounce your Rav name Besha. It's B E S H A. And the sandwich winner was What Katie Did 19. Congratulations to the three of you guys. And uh, while I'm on the topic of FPF, I'm going to go ahead and update you. Our goal for the month of March was to get. To a hundred thousand posts in the FPF thread. Um, currently, while I am recording this, we are about oh, um, math is not my strong suit. <laughs> We're about uh, 7,700 7, posts away. So about seven thousand seven hundred posts away from um, from being at the goal. Um, we have three days or so yeah three days left of the month and I I don't I don't think it'll be a problem at all guys um especially Friday um with FPF and I think it'll be it would be really fun to get to the 100,000 posts on FPF don't you think um but I really think on Friday and Saturday people are going to start coming out and and just get it up there because you know the pressure will be on so um I'm not worried you guys shouldn't be worried either and it's been so much fun getting to chat with people all the time People are always in there. No matter what time of day, people are always in there talking. It's so, it's so nice. So that's what's going on in FPF. Congratulations to the three winners this week, and that will do it for FPF News. Um, At the time of this recording, there is no quest clue for me to read yet. Um, Lily Lalu was very busy this past week and um, had a lot on her plate, so the quest clue was a little bit late, but that's okay. So um, everybody make sure you check out the quest thread if you are relying on me for your quest clue information. I do not have it this week. So I'm going to jump into the news. This was a busy news week. Most of this news is not going to seem new because a lot of it started last Wednesday right after I posted last week's um, episode, but um, it's it's new. It, it all <laughs> happened this week, so... Um, I'm just going to go through the list here. The April Owlie Rhimo has started. Um, for anyone who is a writer who participates in NaNoWriMo or Script Frenzy or if you're just a writer and you have no idea what those things are, um, please come join us over in the April Owly Rhimo thread. It's um, it's a month-long writing event that the Owlys are putting on um, just to encourage other writers to reach their monthly writing goals. And You can find out more about it in the thread. I'll have it linked. Um, People are starting to receive their packages for the spring swap, and there's already a thank you thread being um, put up and posted in. I'll have that thread linked, and um, there's already some pictures in there, and looks like um, the swaps are just as awesome as all the rest of our swaps usually are. Their last Wednesday started a mini skein giveaway um, for anyone who is like doing the hex puff pattern or once mini skeins. Um, I'll have that thread linked, but I'm kind of late because it started on Wednesday, and the first giveaway was right after it started. The second giveaway was like this Tuesday, and then there's one more giveaway, and it's happening this Friday. So you're only in time for one more giveaway, but if you'd like to go sign up, there's some really pretty rainbow yarn. Um, that's absolutely gorgeous that's been given away. And the Heartfelt Ring Swap, which ended um, about a month ago now, um, Sanguine has put out the post. If you have not received your ring or rings yet, to please go and post in the thread and if you could reply to her post or earburn her. Um she's just trying to get a list of everyone who does not have what they signed up to get yet. There is talk of doing a meetup for Owlies who live in the Austin, Texas area. If it's, um, I think they're talking about doing it in May. If you would like to get with other people who are in the Austin, Texas area, I'll have that thread linked in the show notes. There's an exciting new craft-along that just got started. It is a dye-along. If you've ever been interested in dyeing your own yarn, um, I think particularly with Kool-Aid is what the focus is, but I don't think you have to use Kool-Aid. And um, They're going to be doing it together, so if you would like to be a part of the dialog along I'll have that thread linked. That sounds horrible, dialogue. along <laughs> I mean, dyeing yarn. <laughs> if you would like to dye some yarn with some other Ellie's, I'll have the thread linked in the show notes. The Around the World Hexapuff Swap is going well. I've been peeking my head in there and checking out all the cool pictures. And it looks like the puffs are just super cool. We have some extremely talented outlies in this group who are making the neatest things. Um, So, And there's still plenty of time to sign up for that. That's like an ongoing if you ever want to be a part of it. Just go in there because they're always looking for more people to add to the list. So um, if you'd like to be a part of the Around the World Hexapuff Swap, you definitely still can. Um, and then another thing I wanted to mention was that this past week in the there's a thread where people are throwing up charts for the um hex puffs and um, you know, cool color work or duplicate stitch charts so you can make your hex puffs look cute. Um, there was some discussion about whether or not you are helping people cheat Stephanie out of buying the pattern by putting up these charts because a lot of them the charts are the size of the hexapuff and, you know, a, a, a knitter could look at them and pro- probably tell how to make the pattern, at least get the proper stitch count from these charts. And I wanted to mention that Stephanie did go into the thread and make an announcement herself that um, to just go ahead and continue how you've been doing the charts. Um, you can't stop an unscrupulous knitter from being unscrupulous and you're not going to be able to save the world by, you know, by not using her charts so um there's there's some other ideas in there of how to get around that if you're really super worried about it but stephanie has said don't worry about it just make your charts and spread the love and you know let bad karma come to those who deserve it so i just wanted to mention that in case you were concerned at all that it's okay don't worry um and that looks like all the news um it was pretty busy week and i sort of just blasted through all that but um That is everything, so please check the links in the show notes. There's going to be lots of things linked down there for you to check out. And now I have this week's interview to read off here. This week's interviewee was Ladybug, and um, she wasn't able to record, but I do have her answers, and they are awesome. I've already read through them, and they're a lot of fun, and they're pretty long, so I'm just going to jump in. those of you who are on Talkland pretty often will recognize Ladybug, um, but you might pronounce it a little bit differently. Um, she spells it Lady and then E and then Bug. So there's like a little extra medieval E in the middle there, and I don't I don't know if you say that E or not. I just call her Ladybug <laughs> or Brandy. That's her name. Um, <laughs> so here is Ladybug's interview. What brought you to Talkland? And Ladybug says... Amy March, or rather, her slippers. I was looking for a pattern to make for a gift for my daughter, and I did a search. Seeing a name from one of my favorite books of all time, I followed it to Talkland. I never joined in the conversations until the beekeeper's quilt, at which point I couldn't help it. There were so many other people out there who were just excited as I was. Aside from crafting, what's your favorite thing to do? Exercise. No, okay, I wish that was true. I love to read. I can read and knit at the same time as long as it's simple knitting. Reading is my favorite thing in the world, along with lace and chocolate. I even have books on lace and chocolate. Now if I could read, knit, and eat chocolate all at once, I need more hands. What kind of yarns or fibers do you like? I love them all. I love how each fiber has its own best use and how each one can make a project look or feel completely different. My true loves, though, are Kazana, I think is how you say that, which is a sea silk yarn, alpaca, and plain regular wool. The Kazana has a terrific depth of color and shine. Alpaca is always so soft, and regular basic wool is so useful. There's a million and one different ways you can use it. How did you learn to knit, and what sorts of projects or techniques do you like the best? My grandmother taught me the basics of casting on and knitting, but I asked her a lot of questions, usually right when she was in the middle of counting, so those lessons didn't last long. After my son was born, our family hit some pretty difficult times, and I was faced with a rapidly approaching Christmas, two children, and about $30 for three weeks of groceries, including Christmas dinner. Fortunately, I had squirreled away some yarn before we moved just four months prior, and within a week I would made gifts for both children and my husband as well. Three and a half skeins of Red Heart Super Saver, four buttons from one of my blouses, and a bag of cotton balls was all it took. The following year, I learned about Ravelry, and my options and pattern library increased exponentially. My favorite knitting technique is lace knitting. It's beautiful, and it requires skill and concentration, and it is incredibly frugal in its yarn requirements. You get quite a large project from a comparatively nominal yardage. What project of the projects you've made so far do you remember the best? I made my husband a stress ball hacky sack with a skull on it during that lean Christmas. He calls it the hacky sack of doom and he keeps it on his desk at work. My daughter has a Gur as the green dog hat that she's still wearing four years later. My son refuses to go to bed without the three blankets I made for him, even in the summer. Um, For anyone who doesn't know, Gur is a character from a cartoon show called Invader Zim, and it's awesome. And um, <laughs> if you haven't seen it, you should. Is there any familial importance, significance in knitting, crocheting, crafting for you? Yes, it's quite important in my family. The make-do attitude of the Depression and the war years were passed from my grandmother to my mother and from my mother to me as a child. We had no money for frivolous things. And besides, if you make a toy yourself, you get to enjoy it twice. First while you make it, and then while you play with it. I think it has a lot to do with why I'm still more apt to make something than buy it. How did you learn to knit, and what was the moment or project when you realized you couldn't live without it? Necessity. It was either knit or fail that Christmas. Either I made it work, or the kids went without, and that was unacceptable. After things got better, I realized that without the balm of quiet activity and purpose, things would have been infinitely worse. Now, though things are much better for us, I refuse to put down my needles. There are still so many things I want to learn, and so many projects I want to make. It's constantly fresh, always new, and a good way to keep learning. If you could knit something for anyone in the whole of space or time, what would you knit and who would you knit it for? And Ladybug says, Socks. Dozens and dozens of socks for the children who stood on the platform with my grandmother and great aunt as they waited to be shipped out of Birmingham during the war. My grandmother would spend evenings darning our socks and even our winter tights and would talk about how some of the boys and girls had none of their own or had one apiece between siblings. Because of her story, I knitted about 40 beanies last year and sent them to my old squad leader to give to his deployed troops. Turns out he didn't even keep one for himself because where they were stationed, it was getting really cold at night and the ha- hats were handed out in less than an hour. If you could go back to ta- in time for 24 hours, where and when would you go? Alexandria, 49 BC, to see the Great Library. That much knowledge in one place... Oh yeah, but it was burned down in 48 B.C. What is your favorite fairy tale and why? Oh, that's a hard question. I love them all. One of my favorites is the Bremen Town Singers. My mother would read it to me when I was little and gave each of the animals a different voice, but always with uh, with an accent. Little Red Riding Hood, too, because the story always fascinated me. What is your quirk? One of my oddest quirks deals with teaspoons. My very British grandmother taught me the basics of high tea. This sounds innocent enough, but she was bound and determined that I should be able to do all the little rituals perfectly. Some of it must have stuck, though, because ever since, hearing a teaspoon clang against the side of a cup or clatter in a saucer puts my teeth on edge. Just a little momentary, God, don't do that! I prepare my husband's tea and bring it to him already stirred because of this. When you were a little kid, what did you want to be when you grew up? Radar O'Reilly and Joe March I thought Radar was cool because he was brave being a soldier in the army, but still sensible enough to take his teddy bear. Yep, took mine with me too. And then Joe refused to be hemmed in by society and become a writer and a teacher. I thought that was wonderful. The plan was as follows. Be a soldier to help people. Be a writer to be creative. Be a librarian to have all the books. Be a millionaire and live in a house with a fire department pole instead of stairs and a giant swimming pool in the living room, and have all the books. For a brief period when I was four, I wanted to be Janna of the jungle, but when my mother pointed out that she didn't get a tent to live in when it rained, I nixed that idea. It rains a lot in Oregon. The last question um, was sent to me by an alley, and it simply asked if Ladybug would list all of her crafts, because she does a lot of different things. Ladybug says... I have never made a complete list of all the crafts I've learned. Growing up, self-sufficiency was highly prized. It never occurred to me that there was something I couldn't do. If it could be made, I could make it. If I wanted it, I'd better learn how to make it myself because that was the more economical choice. So here is the list. For fiber crafts, knitting. This is actually the newest of my skills. I long to make a wedding ring shawl. Someone told me there was no way I could learn how to make knitted lace before I was an old woman. Crochet. My mother used to crochet to make useful and decorative items for our home, even in the extremely rural areas we often lived in. I made a hook from an apple twig and decided I was going to help. She still uses those pot holders, and I found crochet to be a wonderful, flexible medium. Tatting, This was the first lace I learned to make, inspired by reading uh, Jude de... DeVro, I'm sorry, a knight in shining armor. I was fourteen and I wanted to be able to make my own lace, since the main character picked up tatting in a relatively short time when she was stranded in the sixteenth century, it seemed reasonable to me that I could learn to do it during lunchtime my freshman year of high school. Bobbin lace After learning tatting that seemed like the next logical step, but it took me five years and two continents to find real bobbins instead of using ballpoint pens. I can also spin. On a drop spindle, no wheel so far, but I'm dying to dry it. Sew and quilt. Weave with both a pin loom and a tablet loom. Do macrame and cavendoli work. Embroider and do drawn thread work. And knob bending, Metalworking. As a structural mechanic in the military, waste was frowned upon, so creative repurposing of scraps was the rule of the day. In my shop, it was practically a competition. What could you make from the least useful scraps? I made book and binder covers, picture frames, change bowls and boxes, even a flute once from scrap piece of half-inch pipe. After I was married, I even worked with an armorer for a short time, helping make breastplates and vambraces and helmets. That was interesting, but it didn't last long. Even in the 21st century, a forge is a hot, uncomfortable place to work. Wire work. Useful for more than jewelry. I first learned to work with lock wire as a kid on the landing zone for our logging crew's helicopter. I've made tons of jewelry, wrapped stones, chains, mail gauntlet, hair combs, hair sticks, but I also use it to make things like woven mats and baskets, and baskets, necklace hangers and earring holders, bookmarks and magazine racks. I also enjoy wood carving, decorative wood and leather burning, pottery, paper making, baking, candle making, painting, drawing, basic um, ikebana, origami, calligraphy, and teaching my children how to recycle household items into new things like drums from canisters and making cards and books using cardstocks from boxes. That is the definitive list and it's a huge one. I don't even know how you find the time for all this, but I am so impressed. And uh, thank you very much, Ladybug, for a great interview. And uh, now for this week's Limerick. In our FPF, there's a goal, this march that warms heart and soul, to get 100k by the very last day, for a chance at the motherload hole. Thank you very much, Badger's Mama, for another wonderful limerick, and I'll see you guys next week. Bye!